Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in the middle of an amazing series, Managing for the Master. That is until he comes, but he's given us a work to do, and he is the father of all blessings. Today, we're going to be talking about the tithing blessing. You say, Derek, I've never heard of that. I thought it was a tithing obligation or a requirement. Oh no, my friends, it's a blessing from our Father in heaven who loves us with an immeasurable and unfailing love. So we're glad you joined us for Hope Sabbath School today. And welcome to the team. Good to be together again. This is going to be a great study, and I'm learning a lot more about our Father in Heaven who just wants to bless us Amen. with abundant blessings. So welcome to the team. We also have some remote team members joining us. Always happy to have you with us. Sabina, good to have you on our study today. And uh, Travis, I think, is joining us too. We're glad you're with us, Travis, as we study the Word of God. And Puya is joining us too. Puya, we're glad you're with us as we study together about uh, the tithing blessing. We're always happy to have you with us too, Hope Sabbath School members from around the world. Uh, it means a lot to us when you write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Why? Because we hear how God is working in your life. So here is a note from Vincent in Kenya. Lots of Hope Sabbath School members in Kenya. I love watching Hope Sabbath School. It has transformed my life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I am learning to have faith and wait patiently upon God to fulfill His promises. Yes. May God bless you all and the awesome team. Amen. Well, yes. Vincent, thanks for writing to us from Kenya. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Abelita writes from Indonesia and says, Hello, Hope Sabbath School members. Hello. Gets the wave. My name is Abelita. I come from Manado, Indonesia. I'm very blessed to study together on this channel. I have a testimony that I want to witness here. I have taken God's truth and have become a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Praise God. This is a joy for me, even though I still have challenges and obstacles. Yeah. But I believe Jesus is with me. And he will not let me fall into temptation. Amen? Amen? Doesn't mean you won't be tempted, but you don't have to fall. He's able to keep you from stumbling. Well, here's a beautiful card oh, wow. from some donors in Wyoming. And I want to say thank you. You say, oh, there's my card. Well, we don't read the names of donors, but we do want to say thank you to each of our partners in this ministry. And the note says... Hope Sabbath School is truly one of the last day blessings. Mm. God bless your ministry. You are all family to us. My mom had her 100th birthday this year. She and I want to support Hope Sabbath School because even on the worst of days, Jesus shines through. Amen. Amen. We just have to turn on the TV and there's Hope Sabbath School. All smiles mm -hmm. and a little piece of heaven. And, well, two donations of $400 and $100 from some friends in Wyoming. Thank you so much for your generous support for this ministry. And if you've been thinking about being a part of the ministry, too, you can go to hopetv.org slash hopess. That's our website. Click on the donate button. Thank you for being part of this worldwide ministry. One last note from Elisha in the United States. And Elisha writes and says, I'm 17 years old and I have struggled with sexual temptation since I was 10. 
having Hope Sabbath School is a light for me. Amen. And it shows me that I have somewhere to run when I'm tempted to sin. Amen. When I need strength and guidance from the Word of God. Keep on going, Hope Sabbath School. And we say, Amen. we'll pray for, you, for Elisha and thank you for your testimony. I also want to tell you about a great resource we have on this series, Managing for the Master. It's an interactive Bible study called Steps Toward Faithful Stewardship. I've been taking it myself. It's amazing, especially the section on managing your time. I was like, this is powerful. You can get that course absolutely free by going to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen and you can access this amazing series of studies. It will bless your life and you can share it with other people. Say, here's some things absolutely free that will help you to be a great manager of the resources God has given to you. Mm -hmm. But right now we're going to sing our theme song. Amen. It's a 3,000 year old song taken from Psalm 96. Mm -hmm. It says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Let's sing it together.
Amen. What a beautiful testimony from the psalmist 3,000 years ago, inspired to sing to the Lord a new song. And it's good we could sing it together. Let's pray now that the Holy Spirit will guide our study of the tithing blessing. Father in heaven, we thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. You have promised to guide us by your spirit into all truth. And I pray as we study today in this series on managing for you, the master, that you would guide us in an understanding and an appreciation for the tithing blessing. Yes. And I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, in part two of this series, we talked about God's promised blessing. Do you remember salvation and the blessing when we obey out of love for him? But we also talked about the blessing of tithes and offerings. Well, today in this study, we want to focus in a more detailed way on the whole gift, what I call the tithing blessing. So let's start with uh, someone might be with us today on Hope Sabbath School and they say, I've heard of tithe, but I don't know what it is. Jason, could you give a simple explanation of, of what tithe is as described in the scriptures? Sure. So tithe means a tenth or 10%, and it's basically 10% of your resources that you uh, automatically give back to God because they're His already. So would you say 10% of our increase, perhaps, yes. or income? Yes. I mean, I don't know if, uh, if someone gave you a birthday present, like a, maybe a stuffed bear, you wouldn't have to cut off a tenth of it, right? No. Um, so we have to, we'll talk about the fact that God wants to guide us as to how we would apply that, but right. if you have a job and you earn ten something, one of them would be holy for God, according to the scriptures. Is that right? Yes. Well, there's probably uh, one passage, if you're a student of Scripture, that jumps out at you, and it's at the very end of the, the Old Testament Scriptures. But actually, the concept of tithing is mentioned long before uh, that uh, intertestament prophet Malachi. So let's uh, take a look at a few passages. And Stephanie, if you could begin our study in Genesis chapter 14. Let's look at verses 18 through 20. All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, he who delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tithe of all. Now, it's a little challenging because you got he and him. So who's the he and who's the him? Did you figure that out? Anybody? Who gave him the tithe? God. It came from God. Uh, we believe that Abraham... Abraham, okay. Yes. He, had, he had gained some uh, spoil from the victory, and he gave a tenth to Melchizedek because Melchizedek was... Priest. A priest of the Most High God. So there's that idea of returning as a gift of thanks. Yes. Mm -hmm. He had been preserved in this rescue operation yes. for his nephew, and he recognizes God's blessing. Yes. Let's look at another passage, Laurel, if you could read in Genesis 28 for us, verses 20 to 22. We'll see that this idea of recognizing really not just that a tithe is holy to God, but that everything comes from God. Yes. And so we recognize his gifts. Uh, what do you read there in Genesis 28, 20 to 22? 
I'll be reading from the uh, NIV. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household. Then the Lord will be my God. And this stone I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Okay. Could have said, I will return a tithe to you. Probably some translations actually have that. So here's a, an understanding back in, in the early days of the patriarchs. Now let's come down to Moses. And Jason, if you could read for us from Leviticus, the third book of Moses, chapter 27. How does that read in verses 30 to 32? All right. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herb, herb, herd and of flock, and whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. So this is a, what we would call an agricultural economy, right? So they've got fruit trees and they've got crops and they've got animals. Uh, we'll talk about what that would look like today. You say, dear, it could be exactly the same if I'm a farmer, right? Mm -hmm. but, but not all of us are farmers, so we would apply the principle. But here again, we see the concept of setting, returning. Now, I'm going to give a gift to God, but returning to God uh, a, a tithe. Let's hyperspace forward almost, uh, almost a thousand years. Carlos, if you could take us to Nehemiah chapter 10, verses 38 and 39. Someone might say Derek's only 950 years. Well, it's a long way from Moses to, to Nehemiah. And uh, what does Nehemiah share with us in chapter 10, 38 and 39? I am reading from the New King James Version, and it says, And the priests, the descendants of Aaron, shall be with the Levites. The Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the rooms of the storehouse, for the children of Israel and the children of Levi shall bring the offering of the grain of the new wine and the oil to the storerooms where the articles of the sanctuary are, where the priests who minister and the gatekeepers and the singers are, and we will not, ne not neglect the house of our God. I love that last sentence, don't you? Yeah. Yes. We will not neglect the house of our God. Mm -hmm. yep. So the tithe had a very specific purpose, uh, it was for supporting the house of our God. Now, we'll talk about where that was at different times and where it is today. But we see a theme throughout these scriptures, an understanding that, that tithe was part of their, what would you call it? It's not a religious obligation. What would you say? Yes, Jason? More of a relationship. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was going to say it's also worship. an act of worship, isn't it? Yeah. It's an act of worship recognizing God as the giver of every good gift. Well, now we're going to come to perhaps the most famous passage, which is in Malachi chapter 3. And Jason, if you could take us there, uh, we're going to look at verses 7 through 10. And uh, some of us may have heard that before. For some, it's, it's a shocking uh, message from God uh, about the tithe. How does that read? The New King James Version says, Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 through 10, 
Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, if we stopped in the first part of verse 10, <laughs> just read 8, 9 and the first part of verse 10, what kind of picture of God, the Lord God, might you get from those verses? What do you think, Laurel? Um, that he would be a selfish, greedy God saying, yeah. gimme, gimme, gimme. Right, right, right. And, and pretty angry with us too, right? Because yeah. we've been robbing him right. uh, when actually the Bible says it all belongs to him. Oh, so, right. um, but, but what revelation is there as the verse continues, Stephanie? It, it speaks more to a relationship. And I right. think what's, what stood out for me is that he's calling them to return to him. Right. So there's really a heart issue. Yeah. Something's mm. happened with the relationship that has caused the hands to stop giving. Mm. So it's a relationship issue. Travis, what do you, what do you think? What, what impacts you as you hear this uh, inspired word from the prophet Malachi? You know, um, the thing that, that sticks out to me, Derek, is that uh, God wants to actually bless them. <laughs> and he wants to literally pour his blessing out on them. And unless they follow um, the, the tithing aspect or, you know, follow the will of God, he can't pour his blessing on them because um, we know that everything contrary to the will of God actually leads to death. So God would be looked on at favoring death. So here God is just basically um, telling them, Listen, you're robbing me of the opportunity to pour my blessings out on you. Yes, it's almost, I had the picture of like a, a, a sluice gate, you know, it kind of blocks the flow. We've jammed it shut and God is saying the blessings are here, yes. but, but you've blocked the flow of those blessings. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I would agree with Laurel. If we just had through the first part of verse 10, it would seem kind of a mean, selfish, angry God. Yeah. And actually... What have we learned from our series about God? He's our, he's our father. loving father, right? He's wanting to bless us. And he's saying, this is hindering the blessings I want to give. Yep. Jason? Yes, so it's interesting because the description here does seem kind of mean and harsh, but we also have to understand the uh, cultural context of what's going on, the people they have made choices to turn away from God. And now, in this case, they're kind of, the prophets are trying to appeal to them and saying, return to God. And returning to God, when you change your life, your whole relationship, it's not just one aspect. It includes all areas, including your finances and your giving, managing for the master. Sure. Lalika, I saw you had a comment to make. Uh, I totally agree with the comment, especially with uh, Travis' comment. God wants to bless us, but if we keep our hands closed, He has no space to, <laughs> pour, to put any mm -hmm. blessing. We mm -hmm. see that um, 
giving is an act of love. God so loved the world that he gave. And us giving teaches us to not be selfish. Mm -hmm. So when we honor God, he can bless us. He is looking for opportunities. And we're going to, toward the end of our study, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to testify mm -hmm. how God is so good. Mm -hmm. But I, I like what Lalika said, if your hands clenched so tight holding on to this is mine, uh, when actually it all came from God and I'm honoring him by returning a tithe, I can't receive his abundant blessings with that kind of attitude, right? No. Richard. I think some of us are more trusting of stockbrokers and saying invest mm. in this stock. Ah. Mm -hmm. Where our loving God, who I know I can trust, mm -hmm. is saying, listen, trust me mm. in giving back to me this and I will bless you abundantly. It's interesting that, that as you say, we might trust in human managers yeah. when the God creator of all things is wanting to bless us abundantly. Yeah. Jason. Yeah, I like that, Richard, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. it, the latter part of Malachi in uh, verse 10, it, it really gets to me because it's like a divine confidence that God has. Like He's like, look, I can do this. There's nothing too hard <laughs> for me to do. You know, yeah. just trust mm -hmm. in me. So I like the aspect that we have a God who is faithful and confident in his doing. Uh, someone sent me a text the other day from Jeremiah uh, 32. It says, uh, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? <laughs> so he can certainly manage our resources, right? Yes. So let's talk about the storehouse. But before we do, I see Sabina has a comment. Sabina, uh, what, what impacts you from this message from, from Malachi? Uh, what I was thinking also is that part of this blessing I see is related to the services that they were providing in the sanctuary and around the teaching of the law. So we, we should not forget that when we turn to the law, when we learn about God's principles of love, we are blessed also. So part of the payment is, is not just like a return in the income in itself, but the blessing of learning about God, of sharing about God and how this impacts in our lives uh, and blesses the community also and the society around us. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So they're supposed to, as we read, to bring all the tithes into the storehouse. So when that's first given, I suppose the storehouse back in the time of Abraham was Melchizedek and his oversight, right, as a priest of the Most High God. But let's go to when uh, Moses is giving the instructions. Where's the storehouse at that point? Carlos? Well, it will be the uh, around the Levitical priesthood, the sanctuary system. So it would be like the tabernacle, right? Yes. They're in the wilderness. He's giving instructions. Uh, they'll bring their gifts to the tabernacle, and the priests and the Levites will, will administer that in an organized way. What about when they get to the promised land? They're not wandering from place to place. Where's the storehouse then? Puya, can you tell us where the storehouse was once they got to heaven, to Canaan. I believe uh, there was a tabernacle at Shiloh, and later a temple was built in Jerusalem. So uh, those temples and tabernacles would be the location of the storehouse. So let's look at how they got things to the storehouse, because they didn't all live in Shiloh, or later all live in Jerusalem, did they? So, uh, Zandili, could you read for us from the second book of Moses in Exodus, 
chapter 23. And let's look at verses 14 through 17. And how did the children of Israel bring their tithes to the storehouse? Uh, I'll be reading from the King James Version. Uh, verse 14 of Exodus 23 says, Three times thou shalt keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days, as I commanded thee in the time appointed of the month Abib for it. Thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. 16. And the feast of harvest, the first fruit of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors out of the field. 17. Three times in a year, all thy males shall appear before the Lord. So they made three trips wherever they were. These were three of the feasts that they were required to come. So what do you do with the tithe in between those trips? Anybody have an idea? What would you do, Jason? Well, if that's agriculture, you'll kind of take care of it. You'll store it. You might have your own little barn or something to kind of make sure it's protected. Mm -hmm. All right. What if it's animals? What would you do, Lilika? I believe that uh, those uh, things that could be kept until that time to bring to the sanctuary or temple, uh, they would be kept and brought. But those who could not, they would sell it and bring the money. Okay. So uh, they're going to they're gonna bring their flocks and herds or maybe their produce or maybe some, um, some money that, that they've set apart as holy to the Lord and they bring it to the house of the Lord. Now, that was then. So what about now? The the ceremonial system is over, right? We don't still have the feasts. All of that pointed forward to Jesus, right? Everything is fulfilled in Jesus. So where's the storehouse now? Well, there may be some different opinions on that. Uh, but what would you say? Would it be, uh, what would you think? I have a, 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 someone to give us a, a suggestion. Carlos? Well, I, very likely that will be the ministers of God. Okay. So wherever the ministers of God are serving God, that would be what the tithe is for. Now, I have a little testimony to give, if I may. I've not always been blessed to be with Hope Channel, but I pastored churches for many years. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really appreciated about the church that I served is whether I was serving a church of 30 members or 3,000 members, my living wage was the same. Now, how did that happen? Because surely the church with 3,000 members had a much higher tithe, right? 10% of if they, the people were returning a faithful tithe uh, than the little church with 30. So how does everybody uh, receive that living wage? How do they do that? Does anybody know? Some organization, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I believe in, within the Seven Adventist Church, we have a very beautiful um, way of managing money where uh, it's all collected and divided according to uh, the needs of a pastor. Wherever they may be, they will be receiving the same percentage. So, so, so um, I, I have even a testimony I could share about my country. We don't have a good percentage of uh, tithing over there. And thanks to God, this system can, uh, it, uh, our pastors are able to, to receive their salary because other 
people in other countries are paying. Ah, so you've given a much bigger picture, uh, Lalika, and your home country in West Africa, Guinea-Bissau. Um, that large church of 3,000 is not only helping to pay the pastor's salary, yes. and maybe the, some of the other little churches that couldn't even afford a pastor, Yep. But but missionary work around the world yes. yep. is supported by those parts of the world yep. that God has blessed more abundantly. So if that's true, um, where would the storehouse be today? What would be the restriction of saying, okay, this 3,000 member church is the storehouse? What's, why is that limiting God's plan? Uh, Richard? I'll go back to the fact that we have um, within our church conferences and our headquarters. And the smaller church will not be able to sometimes carry its financial obligations. And so when, um, through God's wisdom, through the scriptures mm -hmm. and his servants understanding the scriptures, decide that we'll pool everything together and mm -hmm. divide it appropriately so that not only pastors, but missionaries and all different mission fields can be supported. So we would call that then some kind of, and it may have different names in different parts of the world, but some kind of regional organization. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like they had with uh, Konaniah and Shimai, was it, who helped yeah. coordinate things so that everyone was cared for in an equitable way. Yes. We can have that similar organization uh, within the church today. Uh, and that is an act of faith too, isn't it? Yes. Uh, trusting that Kananiah and Shimei <laughs> or, uh, or even Melchizedek is going to apportion that wisely. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I return my tithe to God and I say, God, what? I I trust that you have things under control. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. I trust that you have things under control. And by the way, you may know some need in some foreign land like Guinea-Bissau or somewhere else in the world that we need to be sending missionaries that we have no resources there for them. But this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness where? All in all the world, and then the end will come. Mm. Pastor Puya, you're involved in mission work. In fact, you've spoken in many different parts of the world. Why, why do you think there's such a great strength in not just saying each church, well, this is our tithe, but rather that we... Actually, it's the idea of being a global family, right? We're working together. Mm -hmm. You know, Pastor Derek, I've been approached by some friends who would ask me, why can't I just give my tithe to any specific pastor directly or minister directly that I want to? My answer usually is if we look at the scripture as we read earlier, the system that God originally set up was where the people of Israel would bring all the tithe to uh, the, the temple in Jerusalem and then the Levites would distribute it to all the areas of the land. Um, and so looking at this system, it would make sense to follow a similar system of organization where we bring it to one location where um, the modern day Levites, whoever they would be, the managers of uh, these tithes, would then distribute it. And so this is a biblical approach than rather simply giving my tithe directly to any one specific person. 
in that sense, as you mentioned, I believe it protects the individual, the minister, from any temptation to be corrupted uh, for um, uh, tight and financial resources. Mm, thank you so much for pointing that out. Now, I have a question for you. Um, God owns everything. He doesn't need our resources. So why does he ask us to bring this tenth back as holy to him? I mean, surely he could manufacture resources in Guinea-Bissau. He could manufacture resources in uh, an island mission in the South Pacific. Why does, why does he ask us to join him in this work? Jason? Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, uh, it's about worship. You know, it's really about character, and God wants to mold our characters to trust in Him and also be part of the work. You know, that's the beauty of it. We, we have a joy to be part of that work, you know, in the ministry that's being brought forth. So, yeah, that's an interesting thought. God is not actually just sharing the responsibility. He's sharing the joy yeah, exactly. uh, of what will happen. Travis, uh, what do you think? What? God doesn't need our resources, but He's, he's asking us to partner with Him. Well, you know, Derek, um, at the beginning of the, each program, you share some letters for people who've donated even uh, for the program Hope Sabbath School, which we're, it's completely donor-based ministry, and yet it's reaching thousands and even millions of people around the world for Jesus. And you invite them every week uh, to uh, be part of the miracle, and I think that that's what God wants us to experience, is being part of the miracle. He, he wants us to experience the joy and happiness that comes with sharing and seeing God work in the lives of others. So one of the things that we're learning then is when we have some kind of regional organization, we can counsel together, like Richard said, trusting in God and say, where are some needs where there's no resources right now? Yeah. And praying together, asking for guidance by the Holy Spirit, can appropriate those resources to the right place. Well, there's a, there's a word from Jesus recorded in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. And Stephanie, if you could read that for us. And uh, let's talk about what that means when, when we're thinking about returning our tithe to God. All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Acts 20, verse 35. I have shown you in every way, by laboring like this, that you must support the weak, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Mm -hmm. So uh, how, how, do, how would you apply this to the tithing blessing, that it's more blessed more blessed to give the return the 10% than to get the 90%? Oh. Mm. Yeah. Or are they both blessings? Mm. Sure. What do you think? More blessed to give than to receive. Puya? I believe uh, it's practical in a sense because the heart of God is all about giving more than receiving in my perspective. I, I believe, which is why Jesus is saying, it is blessed to give than receive. And at, at the core of this great controversy between God and the enemy, Satan, there's this two opposing uh, perspective or approach or attitude where the heart of God is about giving. And the heart of Lucifer, Satan, is about a desire to get more and more. 
And so if we can summarize this uh, two competing approach, it's God's perspective of giving, give, give, and get, get. And the more we give, I believe the closer we are drawn to the heart of God. Beautiful. Well, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Lalika? Even today, the scientific world is proving that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Mm -hmm. The effect of that mentally is extraordinary. We can see that people have been, um, are being healed uh, mentally through giving. Mm. Every time you give of your time, of your resources, wherever you have, it makes you happier. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the fact of just giving without expecting anything in return is a healing right. uh, thing to yourself. So. so if what Lalika is saying is true, we should not return the tithe which is holy so that God will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great that we don't have room to receive it, we should give, return the tithe, expecting nothing in return, but knowing that God will keep His promise too, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he is going to bless, but we don't, it's not like an exchange, it's not like some kind of uh, contract. Right. It, it's, God, you're so good, I'm honoring you as the giver of everything, but, but I'd honor you even if no blessings came back, right? Yes. Jason? Some people have described it as a cycle or a circle where God blesses, we give the praise to Him, that's what He receives, He sends the blessing. So there is a, a receiving part. The receiving is God's receiving the praise, we receive blessings from Him, and it's just kind of this beautiful cycle of mm -hmm. praise and receive and blessing all, all into one. Now, most of the scripture passages speak about the agriculture uh, and the, the fruit and the animals. Most of us live in a culture where we don't get paid right. with produce, right? right? We get, if we're fortunate, we, we get a, a direct transfer to our bank account, <laughs> or maybe in the, some old systems they still send, give you a paycheck, right? And we work with money. So we want to talk about how to tithe them. But before that, Sabina, you had a comment as we're still thinking about uh, honoring God and, and the blessing of tithing. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of peg along what Jason was sharing and at the same time consider that God, He ultimately he doesn't need anything from us, <laughs> right? He, what will he do with this money? He, he, he doesn't operate within our economy or anything. <laughs> so I see that even in the act of giving that, we say as a praise, ultimately we are the ones being blessed, blessed by sustaining the work of God and being blessed by his law that we learn about and sustaining the work, blessed by the blessings in the land that he poured by his natural law. So I think that ultimately we are the receivers even when we are giving. <laughs> And that's what Jesus said, really, more blessed to give than to receive. Well, let's get yeah. practical. Most of us, have, as I said, will get a direct transfer to our bank account or maybe a paycheck. Uh, so we take one-tenth of that. Is that right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And we yes. return that as holy to the Lord. Yes. Um, what, what if I, they've taken my taxes out first? Uh, should I, does the Bible answer that question about whether I should return tithe before tax or after tax? You say, Derek, I, I think it says somewhere, I will teach you and instruct you the way you should go, right? 
Right. I will counsel you with yeah. my eye upon you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone if they said, Derek or Stephanie, you're a finance person. Stephanie, should uh, how do I compute the, a tenth of what? Mm. Yeah, so we know that it's the increase, um, but I would be hesitant to share my personal perspective on it because I don't know that the Bible specifies that as it does with the, mm -hmm. as it does in other areas. So I'd say pray about it. Okay. Let God lead you and, yeah. and, and ask Him what He wants you to do. So if a person said, well, my net income after the deductions, I never saw that they took it out for mm -hmm. medical care and for whatever security system there is in your country for providing for you when you get older. Here's my net income. I will return a tithe on that. Mm -hmm. What then, Jason, if I get a tax refund because I pay too much? What do I do with that? Well, then that would probably need to be tithed as well. I think the answer to this question is, again, the Holy Spirit needs to guide you. Honestly, you know, at least you're giving some tithe. So, you know, start with whatever the Holy Spirit convicts you and maybe he'll convict you further and right. maybe he will convict you to give 10% before taxes or before all those different deductions. All right. Uh, now, I, I alluded earlier to the stuffed animal that we didn't have to cut in a tenth. Some people feel that if uh, grandma gives them uh, ten something, because remember we've got many countries, not everybody uses the same currency. Right. Grandma gives them a birthday present uh, of ten, whatever the currency is. Um, would that be something they would want to tithe? Is that something God would expect? Uh, what if the what if the ten something bought them a cake? What do they do with the tenth of that? I mean, these are practical questions, Richard. What do you think? They're practical questions. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a babe Christian, and I struggled with some of these things. For one, it might be because I was ignorant of what the scripture stated, right? And then when I heard, especially Malachi, being read really I've robbed God mm -hmm. so now I'm at the place where oh Lord you have increased me and I know that your work must go forth into all the world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I consider that that which I need to return in trusting God now because it's trusting God and in faith mm -hmm. that he has a plan mm -hmm. that what I need to return needs to go somewhere to reach someone who needs to receive the gospel. Mm -hmm. So would it be true that we could never outgive the generosity of God? True. No. Mm. Uh, Stephanie, true. you said if the Holy Spirit impresses you to, uh, to do something, just do it? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've got that guideline, don't we, of the, of the yes. tenth? Yes? Yeah. I might even take it a little further. We might get gifts, but we also, someone may bless us with um, their talents. Right. And okay. not, and you know, bless, that's just a blessing. Maybe we can pass it on by using our talents mm. to bless somebody else who yes. needs that. True. All right, I want to take us to a, a one story, but I see lots of hands raised from our mm. remote, so I'm going to take a moment with those. Uh, but I want to take us to a story that doesn't specifically talk about tithing, but it illustrates right. that we can't outgive the goodness of God. Amen. Uh, and it's found in uh, 1 Kings 17. But before we go there, uh, let's take a few comments uh, from one of our remotes. Uh, Travis, maybe you could come to us first and um, your thoughts about uh
about giving to the Lord? Well, Derek, being a business owner, this, uh, especially as I came to know Jesus, these questions really, you know, raised uh, some questions. And there are some companies, depending on what business you're involved in, that don't even operate with a 10% profit margin. So if they were to give 10% of uh, their gross by the time they were done, they would actually end up negative, right? So now most companies don't operate that way, but it does happen. But in uh, one of the things in Deuteronomy 14, verse 22, if I could read that. Yes, let's take a look at that. Deuteronomy 14.22. I would just like to read that and make a comment. Uh, And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. So here he's giving us a yearly principle uh, based on tithing on the increase of the field. And back in those days, you may have used grain to pay laborers. You know, they would get so X amount of grain. So, so the way I looked at that verse, I would say, if I have 10 barrels of grain this year, when I'm all done paying my, my workers and everything, everybody that's here, if I have 20 um, now buckets of grain, that 20, I have 10 buckets of increase. And, um, and that was basically how we tithed with our business. And um, I just felt uh, confident that, that I was doing the Lord's will. You know, we prayed about it and I was concerned, you know. I wanted to return to God um, what, was, what was God's in tithe. Well, let's take a look at a story in, oh, I'm sorry, I got another remote. <laughs> got to keep in- including those, uh, Sabina and then Puya. Um, this is an important discussion. Now, I also uh, find it's it's very important that we don't make of that uh, like a game of what is the least that I can give. Mm. Uh, I'm even I was remembering of a professor, my Old Testament professor, once he was having a discussion. You know that the the number ten in Hebrew, you write it with the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is the yota. It's like a little tiny letter. So, and and he found that. Potentially, this is not written in the Bible, but potentially we can interpret that, you know, in asking the tithe, it's as if God was asking us for the the minimum possible. Mm. This is what he was requesting at that moment. (laughs) But so we shouldn't see that as kind of the cap, right, for for what God is requesting from us. Ultimately, just as Stephanie was saying, we have talents. We have gifts. God calls us into ministry. We are supposed to be serving other people in so many other ways. Uh, and honestly, like the, the tenth is just like the minimum. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Puya, you've got another insight. We're learning some practical uh, lessons when we determine God's the giver of every good gift. And I want to honor him by returning that which he says is holy. Puya? Sabina said it very good uh, the very point that i wanted to make and she said even better <laughs> uh, but i would go further to add that you know in the new testament paul said god loves a cheerful giver and so as we're thinking through to what extent should i return to god i think the question should be as much i mean the the approach should be as much as i can and i believe the more we give the better it is so even when it comes to gifts and other 
um, resources that we receive, which may not be directly our income per se, I believe it's still good to look at that perspective of giving back to God cheerfully. Well, that's a, a beautiful insight, and, and certainly the Holy Spirit may invite you to do something. As Stephanie said, you're not going to tell people what they should do, but the Holy Spirit may impress you to do something, and it would be a blessing to follow. Yeah. Jason, I'd like you to take us to 1 Kings 17. This is actually the story of um, a widow who has very limited resources, mm -hmm. and a prophet of God comes to her, and she determines that she will give out of her poverty and, and discovers that you, that you can never outgive God. Um, let's pick up the story in 1 Kings 17, verse 8. All right, I have the New King James Version here. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8, and I'm going here at least through verse 16. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please, bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So the story is not over there, and Laurel, I'm going to ask you to pick up the story in verses 17 through 24, and then I want us to reflect on, on what lesson we learn in that story that could be applied to the discussion we have today about the tithing blessing. All right. I'll be reading from the NIV, starting in verse 17. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, What do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I am staying with? by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord my God, let this boy's life return to him. Then the, bo then the Lord heard Elijah's cry and the boy's life returned to him and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house 
and gave him to his mother and said, Look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. So what lesson can we learn uh, from this story that we could apply to this whole discussion about the tithing blessing? Yes, Jason. No, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, mm -hmm. and all things should be added unto you. And of course, mm -hmm. further on in that verse, uh, chapter rather, it talks about, you know, arraignment and what God will give you as far as food. You know, don't worry about them things. And that was brought out in the story by the woman providing for Elijah first, you know, then her and her son. So that's a good mm -hmm. principle to be able to hone in on. All right, uh, Jason? I would say it doesn't matter so much the amount, you know, we talked about different amounts and stuff and we don't know the exact number here, you know, we just know a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour, <laughs> it doesn't matter the external circumstances, the amount, what matters is the mindset of faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to come back to something Richard said earlier uh, in our relationship with our Heavenly Father, no matter what the challenge, yeah. whether it's food shortage or a dead son, mm. God can handle that, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. right? We're going to choose to trust Him no matter what. Yeah. So I want us in the last few minutes that we have available to, to give a personal testimony. Uh, maybe it's a testimony of, uh, of trial or a, or a testimony of sheer joy. Mm -hmm. uh, when you came to the conviction that God wanted you to return a faithful tithe as holy to the Lord uh, as, as a manager for the Master, um, what was your experience with that? Someone have a testimony to share. Carlos. Yes, as a college student, sometimes uh, money is hard to come by, and it, uh, it's definitely a test of faith. Um, me, I've been working on my own in terms of getting my way through school. My parents haven't been able to do that, and it's, it's, sometimes it's kind of hard. It's, it's been a trial for me to you know, surrender that money to the Lord uh, consistently. And it's just, it's just something that has been a struggle for me. But uh, God has proved Himself time and time again. Every single time that I give and give a tithe, give give offering, He has come through. Mm. I, I like the, the word that Carlos used. It's actually from Malachi. He said, prove. Right. God has proved Himself yeah. faithful yeah. to me. Someone else. A testimony. Yes, Jason. Yes, yeah, so I was called in the decision to make, either to tithe or to pay a car note. And so Ooh. I purchased a new car and I kind of forfeited giving up tithing. And so my heart was very much so convicted and I cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know I need a vehicle. I'm like, help me to be able to tithe and be able to pay the car note. So let's it, just hold it for a second. Are you saying that in order to buy the new car, yeah. you thought, well, I'll just stop returning a tithe exactly. to the Lord? Exactly. Okay, so now you're in a dilemma, mm -hmm. and uh, what's the rest of the story? And so basically, as I cried out to the Lord in prayer about this situation, a friend of mine told me about a job opportunity. Mm. So therefore, to make a long story short, God answered my prayer. He gave me a new job, which I could actually Man. pay the car note and also pay my tithes and offerings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so God has ways that we know not of, Enjoy. right, to, to provide. Uh, Richard? Well, to be honest, unlike Jason, I, I, well... I was bad. <laughs> there was a time where I thought I needed a tithe to take care of things that I needed to take care of. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the beauty of being in the house of the Lord mm -hmm. is that God will send you messages to, through mm -hmm. His servants. And mm -hmm. I heard a sermon 
and it reminded me that I was robbing God. Mm. And my heart was broken. Mm. And I realized at that point that some of the things that I was spending my money on, I was storing up for myself treasures mm. on this earth. On earth. Mm. But trusting in the Lord and giving Him. Remember now, it's not only the 10% that belongs to God, but everything, everything, everything. all of it. Mm -hmm. He's generous. He said, keep 90. And I was faithful to him, and he has been faithful to me. What a beautiful yeah. testimony. I mean, maybe someone watching today is saying, Derek, I have a testimony too. By the way, even when we're unfaithful, God is still faithful. He cannot deny himself. <laughs> but he calls us to faithfulness. Here we're talking about managing for the master through returning a faithful tithe which is holy to the Lord. He's saying, I'm just waiting to bless you, to pour out blessings more abundantly, not just financially, but relationships, peace, purpose in your life, bless you in a multitude of ways. Don't block that blessing, my friend. Let God bless you as you trust him fully with all of your resources. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that you're such a generous God. Help us to remember that all things come from you and to honor you with our resources. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School today. Don't forget that great resource. Go to our website, Powerful Interactive Study, that can bless you in many areas of your life. And what about today? Well, if you're walking in the way of the Lord, praise Him. If you're not, now's the time to say, God, I'm going to step out in faith. And then go out and be a blessing to those around you.